Bible Room is back once again. I'm Ken, and I'm here with my friend Charlie Cole, and we want to talk elections. Charlie, give us your impressions. What did we just see happen? <laughs> well, I think we saw a lot of things. Um, I'm not sure. I thought I knew what my title was going to be for the December edition of the Wyoming Conservative Chronicle. I was going to call it Midterm 2020, colon. The good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm not so sure about the good anymore because, uh, as you know, I don't get too much into Wyoming politics. That's for y'all. I'm just a rookie at that. But I was pretty disappointed to hear the leadership elections in the House. That uh, that was disturbing. The good news, I guess, is to have all those new conservative Republican representatives. Uh, and maybe, uh, I guess... Rome wasn't built in a day, so it takes time when you have certain infections are harder to treat than others, and they t they just take more medication and longer term. So it, it does. I'm probably a lot more hopeful than you are on the state level, but let's set the state elections aside for a little while, jump back to the federal. That's usually most prominent on people's minds. Uh, yeah. What did you see happen there? What happened to our big red wave? <laughs> well, I think a lot of things. First of all, uh, I think the big red wave was hyped a little bit. Totally. It might have been overhyped to the point where it's very possible with the numbers we're seeing that Republican turnout wasn't what it should have been. And I think maybe part of that is people's expectations. They figured, oh, let George do it. You know, we're going to get this going to be a real slam dunk. Because I think people assumed, and again, that's always a dangerous thing to do, but I think they assumed that, you know, good Lord, uh, with, the, with the stuff that we see in the country today, how in the world can any rational person vote to keep this silliness going? And I think that that belief... Uh, that hope led to some false expectations or at least to tamp down the intensity of the Republican turnout in a lot of places. Now, the good news on that is that when you put all those elections together, I think the Republicans outpolled the Democrats nationally by about 5 million votes. That's a really positive sign, especially when you consider all the machinations that the Democrats go through every election cycle well ever since 1948, anyway. As Harry Truman used to say, the only thing new in the world is the history we don't know. Um, but the, I think the most startling, it's, it's interesting to see all the pundits now chase each other around and, and try to pin the tail on the blame donkey and say, who, who did this? Whose fault is it? Some are saying that it's Donald Trump. He got out there and, and did, it, did his thing, but it reignited the Trump-hating uh, Democrats invigorated their base along with this, the, the abortion issue and the uh, democracy is on the ballot. A lot of people apparently bought into that silliness. And that part of it doesn't surprise me in the sense that when you look at how long our education system has been this messed up, uh, we're, we're looking at three full generations now of people who – believe that man is the driving factor behind the climate, who believe now apparently that human beings can just uh, select their own gender 
pick one out of 58 or whatever they've, they've come up with now. And when you plant those seeds, you shouldn't be surprised to see what grows out of it. And the most astounding, I think the, the numbers that I've seen on the Gen Z, the young people between 19 and, and 29 especially, <clears throat> that generation went heavy Democrat this time. And the most astounding feature of that is we know for a fact to a factual certainty that the border, regardless of what Secretary Mayorkas and the vice president tell us, is wide open. I have seen nighttime uh, drone pictures of thousands and thousands of people in these caravans wading across the narrower and uh, shallower parts of the Rio Grande. And... They're bringing in an unprecedented amount of drugs, especially the most deadly of them all, fentanyl. Now, the leading cause of death in America of people in their 20s is fentanyl. And yet, that vulnerable population just gave their vote to a party who not only looks the other way, they're actively facilitating this by ignoring and, in my estimation, breaking immigration law. That's astounding. Do you think that they're going to stay that way? And in, in other words, we've all heard the, the story about if, uh, if you're at 20, if you're not a liberal, you have no heart, and at 40 or whatever it is, if you're not a conservative, you have no brain. Do, do you think that these people are going to stay steeped in that? What's, what's your outlook for that? I think uh, I've become kind of a stoic over the last few years because whatever election, oh, I'm sorry, education reforms are attempted, it doesn't seem to take because of the power of the teachers' unions and their incestuous relationship with the Democrat Party. Uh, as to the people themselves, the younger people, I think what may happen is what's starting to happen in places like Germany. Germany has been um, far left, greeny stuff. They've, they've just been wild climate alarmists for quite a while now. And yet, now that winter is approaching and they, they said no to nuclear power, they, they shut down their coal plants and <laughs> their oil is coming out of a place that uh, that isn't real friendly to them. So we have pictures of people in Germany and in Poland where they're chopping firewood to heat their homes. That's called getting gobsmacked by reality. And so I hope it doesn't take that level of gobsmackedness to, to wake some of these younger folks up. But sometimes uh, it does. Um, there are many examples of that you could cite throughout history, but ultimately, the thing that's really depressing is that uh, there used to only be three sources of news, basically. Uh, ABC, NBC, CBS. That was it till CNN came along, the real CNN, before this aberration we see now. The newspapers have been pretty far on that side for quite some time. I don't. Th I think the New York Times rang the all-time bell. The, the last time they um, endorsed a Republican for president was Dwight Eisenhower in 1956. Uh, that's quite a while ago. So 
the media, the education, the cultural stuff out of Hollyweird and all the rest of it, they combine in a really pernicious way uh, to lay the seeds for all this stuff. And it's incredible what some people will allow themselves to believe in, in that echo chamber or on that side. The good news is, <clears throat> for example, <laughs> uh, n notice their reaction when Elon Musk got a hold of Twitter and announced that, no, 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 we're not going to do political censorship. They went nuts. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things they have to ensure, they must do this, is they have to control access to the news and to opinion. That's why they threw Donald Trump off Twitter and Facebook and all the rest of it. That's why they they just go apoplectic every time uh, a, a platform like that with that kind of numbers. They just go nuts because they realize that, oh, my, you know, the other side of certain stories is going to start getting out. What are we going to do then? Uh, they perceive that as a danger. I look at it as a good first sign, and I would hope that uh, more and more people are becoming more and more selective about uh, who it is they listen to. It's fine to listen to the stuff on CNN and MSNBC as long as you listen to the antidote on Newsmax, especially a couple of shows. Then you're getting both sides of it, and then you compare what you hear with reality. It goes back to the old Russian joke that I keep telling about the two Russian guys on the street, and one of them says, how you doing? The other one says, well, pretty good. He says, but I've got to go out and see uh, uh, an eye doctor and an ear doctor. He says, why? He says, because what I'm seeing doesn't match what I've been hearing. And until that happens, the border is a perfect example, just a, a glaring example of it. And those things have consequences for about 110,000 people last year in their 20s that had the consequence of death. One of the consequences, it appears to me, is a change in what has traditionally been a Democratic base for the Latino vote. Um, there appears to be a change there. What factors do you think are laying into that? Well, I think there's been an assumption for the longest time that Latinos somehow are are these you know uh, uh, people who who come here basically for freebie handouts and all that stuff and some of them doubtless do but uh a, the the average latino household is no different than ours they look at things and they they have to go to walmarts and pay twice what they did 3 years ago they have to go to the gas station they they have to do all these things what worried me a little bit though with the results was there were some border area uh, congressional districts in Texas that had been leaning towards them and they went back to Democrat. That's a little bit frightening. And I think what happened there was the, the old machine took over and it, uh, it's going to take, it's going to take quite a while. But I, I do think that young Latinos and young black Americans are the richest fields for mining for conservative, constitutional conservative thought. Because these people, especially in a lot of the big cities, you're seeing more and more uh, younger black people starting to say, wait a minute, you know, we're, I guess, supposed to vote Democrat because for three generations, you know, have. But uh, what have they been delivering for us? Not a lot. As Donald Trump said, what have you got to lose? You've been voting that way for 40, 50 years, or what has it got you? Now, 
speaking of Trump, though, I will have to admit that, uh, again, we're all human. None of us is perfect. There's only been one of them perfect to ever walk this earth. But Donald Trump uh, has made some very serious mistakes as far as who he endorses. He endorsed Mitch McConnell for re-election in 2020, and he did it out of gratitude for the judicial appointments that the one that McConnell had shepherded through. But uh, I think he didn't know what he didn't know about Mitch McConnell, and we're seeing him in full bloom now. Uh, that was a horrendously bad endorsement. He endorsed Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania. Uh, most people have never heard the name David McCormick. This man is a graduate of the United States Military Academy at West Point. He has a Ph.D. from Princeton in international relations. He has served in other administrations as undersecretary of this and that. He's a very knowledgeable, professional, experienced space war veteran, by the way. He was in the Middle East as well, the 82nd Airborne Division. <clears throat> this man lost the Trump went out based as they say on a couple of bum recommendations and he jumped the gun in a primary season and went for Dr. Oz. McCormick lost the primary uh, Republican primary in Pennsylvania by one tenth of one percent. Uh, that one is on Trump because I think this McCormick guy would have probably just taken Mr. Fetterman apart. Not that Oz didn't do a fairly good job, but again, we come back to the same election issues that are cropping up again and again and again, and we see it in especially in Nevada and in Arizona. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see, by the way, in the case of Arizona, the Attorney General, uh, the Attorney General's office in Arizona has refused to certify the election pending uh, a relook into Maricopa County, some of the silly foolish nonsense that took place there. Yeah, you know, printers running out of ink. Are you kidding? That's their only job in this world, and they had two full years to get ready for it, and now the printer ink thing with, come on, and the tabulator mistakes. Now, yeah, we'll put those down on this other box, and we'll count those later. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. I know that there's legal action pending. It's going to be a recount because it was that close anyway, and we'll see what happens. But Nevada is a shining example of what uh, would have happened across this country had the Democrats had enough votes in the Senate to kill the filibuster because they were, they were determined to pass uh, H1 and S1, those Senate and House resolutions, which would have federalized the election process and would have imposed nationwide, including in Wyoming, the same thing you saw in Nevada. In Nevada, they have what they call unrestricted mail-in balloting. Translation, they mail out to every resident, not citizen, resident in the state of Nevada, a ballot. Anyone who has had any interaction with any government agency or facility, federal, state, or local, well, who hasn't? That means that every single person in Nevada got a ballot. Uh, how many of those are not citizens? We'll never know. And it still took almost a week for them to count the ballots. They, 
It's the standard Lyndon Johnson trick. You just keep counting until your guy wins, and then you say, that's it, call the election. It's exactly what happened in Arizona and Nevada. Well, uh, you see, historically, this started, and I worried about it way back when, 30 years ago. If you recall the 1993 Motor Voter Federal Bill, okay, they passed that, and Bill Clinton was dancing around on the stage. He was so thrilled with that. And basically, it facilitated the argument behind it was, as is often the case, oh, this is going to make, this is going to facilitate uh, more and more people voting because you make it easier to register. Go into the DMV to get your license, and they say, oh, by the way, would you like to register to vote? Well, sure. And hand you a form, you fill it out. Well, I said at the time, I think I wrote a letter, one of my obnoxious letters to the editor of one of the California papers. I said, you know, there is such a thing as the law of unintended consequences. And you know what might happen here? It just may be that someday uh, several states are going to see that there's a bunch of illegal folks driving cars around. Uh, they don't have licenses because they can't get them because of state law. Well, the law enforcement is going to come forward and say, you know what, we got to start. You have to start giving these people licenses because otherwise it is insurance implications and all this kind of stuff. And we can't track, we can't trigger, we can't enforce the laws right. And sure enough, in about, oh, I think 19 or 20 states, they went right for it and started giving illegals driver's licenses. Well, if you combine a driver's license with the motor voter law, what do you have? You have illegals voting. Now, in Ohio, I remember this because after I retired and escaped from, from the Socialist Republic of California, I went back to Ohio for a certain time, and Ohio found a way to fix that. Originally, just to self-protect, they started issuing forms. You're going to get an Ohio license. They say, by the way, would you like to register to vote? Sure. So they give you this form, and on the form it had this two mandatory block. You have to fill this out. It says, are you an American citizen? Check the block, yes or no. The problem they found is that anybody could check the yes, and they didn't verify it at the time. Well, what are the chances then when it comes to crunch time they're going to find it? So Ohio found a way <coughs> constitutionally and legally to knock that nonsense off. They also, uh, Ohio, I have to say, they have the cleanest elections you'll ever see. You'll never see this count them up all later till the winner wins. No. They, you can tell four hours after those polls close who won. They exported it. They made an offer to every state in the country. They said, if you want to see how we dealt with this and how we set it up, our attorney general will send out representatives. They'll tell you, they'll train you. They sent them to Florida and they sent them to Iowa. Well, guess what the other two cleanest one? Wyoming, we're still clean, and hopefully we we'll always will be. But uh, those states had had problems. They don't have them anymore. Florida counted and processed and tabulated 7 million votes over two time spans. They have part of theirs is eastern and part of it's central in four and a half hours. And you have a state like, like Nevada whose total population is a million and a half, and it takes them a week to count it. Wait, folks, stop. So uh, I have heard and I've seen some of the articles that have been written in the paper and all this, how they're saying, oh, these conservatives that are going to Wyoming legislature, why they're – and Chuck Gray is one of their favorite targets. They just hate this man. And I was even told recently, somebody said to me, well, you know, he's 
she falsely claimed that Wyoming elections are not secure. And I said, that's interesting because I listened, I watched the debate, I streamed it from the Y.O. Theater when he was there, and all he said was, he, he never made a claim that Wyoming's elections were bogus or rigged or false or had a problem, but he did say that I'm going to work with the legislature, if I'm elected, to make sure that that stuff doesn't happen here. Yeah, full disclosure, Chuck and I are friends. Chuck didn't make claims that there were issues. What his emphasis was is let's guarantee that that can never happen. Right. Let's get rid of all the things that might add some shadow of a doubt. Let's set them aside and keep it impeccably clean. And, of course, that got twisted around into he's an election denier. <laughs> Forgetting that, you know, the people that make those claims forget all about 2016 ad infinitum. 2000, 16. Have you seen the montage that came out with all the Democrat Congress people standing up after those elections in 2004, 2016? Stand one after another. I object because this was bad and this is bogus. And Hillary Clinton standing there saying ad infinitum. Donald Trump is an illegitimate president. They take advantage of the short attention span of the American public. Mm -hmm. And that is one of those things that has been in their favor for a long time. They're always going to have an advantage there because people don't remember what happened six months ago. But there are an awful lot of people across the country, I believe, who are waking up. Now, we saw, and I think you're right, one of your first points was a, a, a sense of complacency. We got this red wave coming it's not going to be that big a deal. We got this made, and we relaxed a little bit. Now, as a former wrestler, I understand about how you, how you time things. And so the left is, is sensing that we're going to relax, and they hit it even harder. They dumped phenomenal amounts of money into many different campaigns. And I was not particularly surprised at what happened. I was disappointed. I had hoped that we would do a little bit better. That said, even if we had convincingly taken the House, and we've done that before and, and other times, I didn't hold a whole lot of hope for what that would bring about. Mm-hmm. Because it seems like every time we get in the lead, we don't know what to do with it. We fumble the ball and give it back to them. And the, consequently, over the last 40 years, we just continue to slide. What I'm seeing in Wyoming, and I'm going to transition here a little bit to the local perspective, is a little different than that. What we're seeing here is a grassroots that are fed up, as Harriet likes to say, mm-hmm. who are getting involved, who are understanding what's going on and who the players are. Uh, it's not universal. We had 27 freshmen and several of those freshmen coming in. This is the largest uh, elected freshman class in the Wyoming legislature's history. Most of us are conservative, and most of us already know who the players are and know the lay of the land. There are a lot of them who came out of places uh, like Sweetwater County, for example, finally flushed all the Democrats out of the system. So we've moved to those that put an R after their name and I think really are conservative, but might not be quite up to speed with, with where we're at. 
all of that said, I'm incredibly encouraged by where we're at and what happened. No, it wasn't a perfect win. But when you look at where we were eight years ago, we have four or five conservatives. <laughs> and, and then we got eight, and then we got 16, and now we got 24. You know, I am really excited about what's going to happen in a couple of years. And we have a large enough block now that the opposition, I don't know what else you would call them, can't do anything without a lot of difficulty. One of the things that I'm already starting to see happen is a lot of people who are kind of middle of the road are starting to see the way the wind's blowing and are talking much more conservatively, are throwing in with us on a few things, a little more interest in where we're headed. And I think if you're looking at it from a, as a politician, and I hate saying that I'm able to do that, but if you look at that and say, I want to have a career here of 10, 12, 14 years, however long you want to do this, you realize that if you're going to play the game and have any chance at leadership, the conservatives can no longer be ignored. We are a force. Well, hopefully those 27, you said 27 freshmen? 27 freshmen. That's not all conservatives. Okay. But yep. hopefully the, the large number of them that are mm -hmm. will also experience a little gobsmacking of their own when you get into this stuff and you see, you know, who's up to what and what. Uh, How the games are really played. Yeah. yeah. And this is, again, I would urge everybody within the sound of our voice and everybody in the state of Wyoming, for gosh sakes, do not assume that these people are going to vote the way you want them to vote. Let them know how you want them to vote. Get on yoleg.gov. Get on these other websites that have been mentioned here and track the voting because that's what counts. Every time they push that knob or however they do it here, you're voting by proxy and you can no longer simply sit by and say, let George do it. Active citizenship it has to become a requirement. Sheridan County Republican women are excellent at this. Mm -hmm. And they now have, I think we're in 22 different counties where they have county chairmen there who are doing the same sort of thing there. So now when you get an alert that used to just go out basically within Sheridan County, it's going out all over the state. I got, I think it was 134 emails from people all over the state urging me to vote for Mark Jennings for Speaker of the House. Hmm. I got zero on the other side. Of the talk of the four, we were down there last week for some training and you know, got my first chance to speak on the House floor, which is an awesome thing. But the talk of the folks that were there was, my email is absolutely blowing up. <laughs> well, of course, it still didn't quite work out the way that we did. But if you're not, if you're listening to this and you're not plugged into one of those systems, you need to be because we can wear them down. And even if they continue to vote up in opposition to us, they're going to know in the back of their minds that there are a lot of people watching, that there are a lot of people displeased, and that begins to wear on anybody. Because politicians especially, anybody wants to be liked. They want to be admired. They want to be respected. And a lot of them want to be reelected. Yes. And there's the key because uh, we, we, have to, we have to practice this active citizenship and they have to know that we mean it. 
they can't be allowed to think that, oh, well, we just went through the biennial uh, application of the of the uh, Novocaine, and now everybody's going to go back to sleep. No, not anymore. And that can't happen in the national arena either. That's one of the reasons why, as you said, the Republicans have fumbled that ball. Because the ones there, the traditional GOP establishment leader, quote-unquote, types like McConnell, uh, they, they, they've played this game for a long, long time and they know how to do it. I'm encouraged by some of the young conservative leaders, potential leaders that I see in the U.S. House Watch what Jim Jordan now does as chairman of the Judiciary Committee. i give people a little teaser here. Um, starting about four or five months ago, we started seeing reports indicating that several, several, as in almost 20 turned out to be, uh, whistleblowers from inside the DOJ slash FBI mafia were coming forward to the GOP minority members of the Judiciary Committee saying, you know what, we're ready to step up. This has to stop. And so I think now you're going to see Jordan hold hearings on that based on not one whistleblower, some disaffected Army lieutenant colonel that gets up there and calls people names. No, no, we're going to see people that have been inside this incestuous operation at DOJ and FBI, and they're going to start revealing things that are that have the potential to blow the lid right off of that. And that's one that has to be reformed from the top. That You cannot any longer put up with leadership such as Ray and the FBI. No, sorry, that's, that has to go. On the general principle, though, on the GOP, I have come to the conclusion that perhaps in Wyoming, but definitely nationally, the Republican Party needs to be reformed from the bottom up. It is never going to happen from the top down. That's just reality. And so people, it's not always pleasant, but you have to stay tuned. And to do that, you have to have uh, access to real factual information. A lot of these Democrats sit in their echo chambers and all of a sudden they put out these mantras like, uh, oh, now that the Republican uh, selected justices have have mangled women's rights, you know, in the Dobbs case, why? They're going to not only going to take away your uh, right to an abortion, they're going to take away your right to marry whoever you want. And they just on and on it goes. That stuff is swallowed whole in the echo chamber. But I don't see a corresponding amount. There are a couple of shows Tucker Carlson on Fox is very good. Uh, Rob Schmidt uh, on uh, Newsmax is very good. So is um, he calls himself the Liberty Loving Latino. Uh, Salcedo, I think his name is. These guys are are providing factual rebuttals to all this nonsense, and people need to find out what is true, and they need to. Speak Spread this to their friends and their neighbors. Don't be afraid to speak up because if you are, you just may be looking at a situation one day where you're not going to be able to. And that scares the heck out of a lot of us. By the same token, you've got this show here in Wyoming. You've got the Conservative Chronicle. There are some other things in the works that we're not allowed to talk about quite yet, but um, some even more conservative news coming out um, and of course our dear friend David Iverson 
and the Cowboy State Politics is doing an excellent job. That's going to be expanded, especially during this legislative session, because I hear tell that David has a few people on the inside that, that might be able to, to help that. But we're kind of setting the, the standard for the nation, I think, because we are waking up. The grassroots have taken over the Republican Party and are gradually phasing out the establishment types, the ones that have been here forever, and they're, they're becoming fewer and they're losing their power and as opposed to, as you say, the bottom up. Now, Charlie, we're about to wrap this up, but I see you have some notes there. And I'm, uh, I'm assuming that there's something that you got to get off your chest. No, I was just going to wrap it up with, I don't like the source here, but I love the quote. Edward R. Murrow said a long time ago, a nation of sheep will beget a government of wolves. And that's the bottom line lesson here. Uh, a constitutional republic cannot function without an informed uh, electorate and involved electorate. And it doesn't start and stop with the election process. That's just, that's just round one of the fight. We have to stay involved. We have to stay informed. And these folks, shall we call them, have to know that we are following up and that we will. So don't come to us two years later after you promised to do A, now you're voting half the time to do B. Don't do that because you're going to be confronted with it you're going to be asked, you're going to be required to explain your actions in that legislature. And they better conform to what you told your voters you were going to do. If it doesn't, you're, you're probably going to face uh, a, a pretty tough, tough task. That's the, the final word that I would share with everyone. Get informed, get involved, and stay involved. We have to do it. Absolutely, Charlie. Thanks for being with us.